Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest. I'm your host, Cameron Lemons Debro. It's going to be a little bit of a different episode. I'm not going to fully talk about the Wake FSU game because, one, as I'm recording this, it's Monday night. I'm currently sweating out a fantasy win. Two, my schedule has just been also awful. Thank you guys so much for kind of being you know, patient and appreciative. I've just been dealing with a lot of stuff. There was some stuff I've done for fun. I had to deal with the planning some funerals. It's been a weird aspect on my end. But back schedule after this will normally will be back in its normal schedule. So I'm talking a little bit about that, a little bit about the ACC schedule that was released tonight. Uh, well, tonight as I'm recording this, it'll be up on Tuesday morning. And then talk a little bit about the basketball exhibition. I personally wasn't there, but I know Les Johns was. Talked to him a bit, talked to a few people that I trusted as sent his little plants to go and watch the game and see, like, hey, what, you know, what should I be watching out for, especially from what I've seen from practice and you know, going into the to the game. The FSU game. <laughs> I came out of that game just kind of like whatever. Nothing about that game changed my opinion on things. I, you were twenty-one point dogs, didn't cover. Oh well, it's life. I I came out of it a little. I did come a little worried more about the defense getting gassed because I'm curious of how much of that was your defense trying to hold up against you know a top three team and then just eventually running out of gas in sixty-nine plays. Or, you know, is this just the long, is that the longer sign of wear and tear on this t- on this defense being out there for so long, so many times? That's something that I'm not like concerned. It, I mean, the PFF grade will probably be up by the time that this podcast goes up. Everyone, like, I think out of both the offense and defense, I think there are maybe out of people that played more than just three snaps. I think the number was one. I think the number was about six. That I'll pull it right now. Actually, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. There are fifteen guys. Fourteen guys. Jamari only played seven snaps. There are fourteen guys. It's that grade above sixty. Wake played about forty-two players. That's not a, that's not good. I, I think they had as many people grade. They had about as many people grading in the 40s or below than they did 70s or higher. That was not. It was not pretty. I mean, the, it was just one you got kind of stomped in. Is what it is. So I'm a little worried about the defense getting gas, but in also on a short week, that's not really fun. But you know, you hope that Dylan Hayes and he only played four snaps. You hope that you know they basically just just pull him like, look, we just don't need you in this game. Let's just get you healthy, spend the next couple of days just doing nothing but PT and get you up to speed. I don't think there were any other injuries on the defense. You know, 
I thought Kalen played well for the most part. I mean, there was sometimes he there were sometimes he got got, and there's sometimes he got Keon Coleman. About how that works in the NFL. That was an NFL level matchup. I thought Kalen and some other some other scouts were mentioning it on Twitter. But Kalen made him some money that game. I thought Chalen, Garns, and Malcolm Mustafa made them some money in that game. I thought those two did. The offense kind of is what it is at this point. 28th percentile. I'm more worried about your runs being called out by the defense. Um, if you didn't hear that quote or read that quote from Justice Ellison, he mentioned that the defense, that Florida State's defense, was calling out their plays and calling up their runs like to a T, like both like formation run. Uh, and here's the quote. Justice Ellison says FSU's defense was anticipating and calling out run plays, directions and typed throughout the game. I don't, I don't, I don't really care about this from like a WikiLeaks perspective. That's not, I want to make that very clear. I don't think this is something of, oh no, that did Wake get skunked. It's a thing of, there's two things that are that are that one one or the other. There's two things. Either one, you are so predictable on film that you can line up in this formation and everyone knows what the play call is. Because I also thought that was a little bit like, all right, wait, you got to change something up when they were backed up to their own end zone. And, you know, there's a rollout for Mitch. And FSU has that like pretty much like red from the jump. Like that's a have you been that have you been that predictable that in that situation, you know, you this everyone knows what you're gonna do. That's a problem. Or B, do you have that big of a tail on your offensive line, on the tight ends, on your formation of the wide receiver wide receivers, or even your signs? Are your signs that easily stolen? Sign stealing is part of the game. I don't really feel like getting into that. Everyone does that. The coat, like, there's a reason coaches are up in people, not coaches, people are up in the box. <laughs> part of it, so they can see the game. Part of it, so some people can see the science. That's that's just how that works. That that's how the, the game has always worked. So, is it you're that predictable, or you have a really bad tell slash your signs are that easily stolen? You know, like that. Both of those aren't good. Both of those really aren't good, and. It, it's it's amazing you're in the 70th percentile explosive explosive play rate, but this is one where I go. I think you need to put people in better situations, and I think I, th- I think they've put people in good situations in terms of like the personnel on the field. I think they've stopped putting Cam Height in pa- in pass blocking situation, and that's worked out well for him. They've stopped putting you know a Trey Bowl and a Michael Frode like those guys. If you look at the snap counts, they'll have you know maybe a max of three pass blocking snaps i thought what they did with cj almanus on saturday was kind of fun for the most part i thought it was really fun you know this to see him kind of lined up as like a as like a tight end almost and but him really just be an extra blocker there because he's still he's pretty athletic he's long it's great he's, he's a guard at this point so you know kind of making a tackle made made a little bit of sense in terms of making a tight end just you know hey you, you're kind of athletic you can move did not like it when they had him in that position against Jared first, that was a really, that was, I don't know how that happened. I don't know if that was designed or that was purely just someone blew something and it ended up being on Elmanus to have to basically come out of like a tight end stance and have to block one of the best pass rushers in the country. 
didn't wasn't wasn't good. Um, but I do think they're putting you know personnel in the right positions to you know be to be proactive and be good. The next step that's play calling though. Like I felt like they I don't know how much of this was the the defense calling out the runs. I didn't like how they got away from the run game. Like if one of the things that they were actually doing fine at was getting ahead of the sticks and then and at least not being like in the third like they're in eight, they're in nine. But then they, you know, get an incomplete pass on second on first down and or a sack or you know, just something bad. And it's like now you're right back to where you are, and this team has not been good on third and longs. And you know, after they scored the touchdown, I thought they got a little little pass happy and tried to make it more of a shootout than it probably should have been. I I didn't I didn't necessarily I didn't like that. I I I didn't agree with that adjustment there. Um and so that's and you know the third quarter was honestly like was the most encouraging quarter we've had in <laughs> that was the most encouraging quarter since what the third quarter of Georgia Tech like in terms of like a competent offense moving the ball down the field not just because someone hit an explosive play but because they actually moved the ball up and down the field and you know people are going to be like oh well you know, the game was almost over so, I mean no I mean they moved the ball well in three straight possessions looked fine you know, that was the first time FSU was given up any second half points they gave up 10 they gave up 10 in the in the third quarter you know, that's the first time FSU had given up second half points in almost a month. So also against Syracuse and Clemson against Duke, the last time they did it was against Virginia Tech, who looks good now apparently. Um, you know that was fine, but like you know what took it so long for you to have to go to these really quick passes? Like, like that that's the that's the problem I I had was you put a lot of it on the offensive line, but it felt like in the passing game you it it felt like in the passing game you reverted a lot like you've heard way too much back towards you know what you thought you could do in the first place in this game it felt like it should have been a lot closer to the offense you ran last week not so much an ability but in terms of i mean you weren't blocking for long last week like you you blocked well in the passing game but you only took a couple shots you you you, you didn't take that many that many deep shots so I'm I'm a little bit confused on why you felt like you had enough time to do that against a better defense. That was that that part weirded me out a bit because I thought this would be much more of a quicker, quicker, quicker game, especially with how FSU lines up. I thought this would just be a lot more of a quick game sort of thing, and it wasn't. And I was a bit confused on that. And then when it went to a quick game, you started moving the ball extremely well. So I that's where I kind of go what's happening here so i i like the personnel adjustments i've been really enjoying the schematic adjustments is what i'm like i don't i don't know if they know what the right lever is to pull right there and that's just and that's part of it it's part of just knowing figuring out what your players can and can't do but i feel like they pulled a lever they already had and we already knew that lever didn't work so that was a little weird to me yeah, someone asked me, and because obviously, you know, quarterback is the big thing here. Uh, someone asked me a couple of days ago if you know, Jeremy Hecklinski. So I thought, so uh, also, I, they're basically the entire recruiting class was there on Saturday. All of them had a lot of fun, regardless of the outcome. 
they're locked in. You know, I'd never say never because people, there's always a couple, there's always a decommit or two. Basically, just go look through everyone in Dave Clawson's classes. There's always one or two decommits. So I'm not necessarily going to say, oh, like everyone's going to be perfect because they're a bunch of 17 and 16 year olds. But they all had fun. They all, I know personally, a few of them have been beating, have been just basically not answering the phone when other, other schools have been calling them. People want, a good amount of these guys. And I don't really have any worries about, you know, bad performances or even not making a bowl, meaning this recruiting class falls apart or anything like that. Recruiting is being a sales job. And one of the best, you know, easiest sell job is, Hey, you know, Jack Hines offensive tackle out of Avon, Connecticut. I, uh, he's a high rated three star. Hey man, you're six, six, you're six, 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 seven, 280 pounds coming to wake. I mean, you saw Spencer clap get absolutely pushed over and bullied over a couple times you're pretty strong i think you could come in and be an impact guy year one maybe year two how's that sound you know jeremy eklinski you know off the quarterback hasn't looked great come in and and be a guy you know andrew hines you know linebackers you know you could come aiden hall sat out there and got 28 snaps great you know uh, jeremiah melvin we've we've been missing a deep threat this year you're 6'5 185 run a 4540 laser yeah, man, I think you get out there early if you if you show, when you show up. That that the sales job is is what it is. If 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 you if it wasn't a sales job, Iowa would never get offensive players. <laughs> they never would. But no, there there are a lot of guys in this, in this class that are people still want, and Wake's done a very good job of of selling what Wake is. So like that. But someone asked me a couple of days ago, you know, if I thought Jeremy Hicklinski, who I'm fairly certain is early enrolling. Yeah. Would he have a shot to compete for the quarterback one job in the spring? And I said, you know, is it a given is will he be given the option or will he does he have the perceived ability? In terms of give it being given the option, you know, quote unquote, if even if Mitch has light come on and looks like 2017 John Walford the last four games, I'd expect every quarterback to have a chance depending on the option slash level after the season, that could range from an open battle all the way to them having a short hook in spring practices. It's well known. They're not happy with the production or getting from the quarterback or even the rest of the offense. Anyway, they can improve their team. They're going to in terms of perceived ability. I think he has a chance to the actually hasn't been all there. Like I prefer it to be for a high school senior, still a ton of big plays and only one interception. It's been a smart decision for him. I want to see how he physically is going to come in. Will he come in 160 pounds soaking wet? Or will he be much closer to be like, you know, 180, 185? How quickly can he absorb the information they dump on him? I think he has the traits to be successful with freshman QB are essentially a game of roulette. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's pretty much how I feel about this. Like, I, it's also really weird that I said that, you know, I don't think the, the staff is happy with the production and, pe- and some of and people were like, this is the first time I've heard this. And I was like, I don't think you've been able to, I don't think you've gone through any of these, these press conferences and, can, and say they are, they're pleased with the production they've gone out of their press conference. I thought it was notable that Clawson said they didn't, think about pulling him because why the offense wasn't working wasn't because of Mitch. And I thought Mitch had a couple of, I Mitch had two plays. And I was like this, that was just bad. Um, but there were a couple of plays there. Most of the time it was just, you know, you got to look at the, the grades or cam height and his receiving grade. Dude's not doing well on his, on he's doing well when the routes go straight. It's when the routes are, a comeback route is just is not his 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 forte for whatever reason. He just does not come back to the ball well enough. Really weird. Um, 
you know, Wesley Grimes has had, you know, probably three to four straight games of not being very good, which is similar to what Donovan was. And I I feel like I brought this that point up before, but like you look at Donovan Green back in uh back in you know 2020, his sophomore year, his true sophomore year, well, Richard freshman sophomore year. And Donovan stunk, man. <laughs> Donovan wasn't good. You know, three for 76 against Clemson, one for nine against State with a couple of drops, you know, two for 40 against Campbell, four for 73 against Virginia. That's fine. One for 36 against VT, four for 56 against Hughes. I mean, until that, the North Carolina game was when that was when he got, act, that light came on. And that's when we, I think we saw the light come was the North Carolina game. And so, Grimes is pretty much on the same trajectory right now of, you know, the first one, first eight games this year have not been good for Grimes. I mean, he's got what, 16 catches for 20, for 294 yards. Yeah. Could he break out against one of the rest of the poems? Absolutely. But like, this is, Wesley Grimes is, is doing a basically the same sort of things. And looking at the grades, they're pretty similar to what Donovan did his sophomore year. Will he become Donovan? I don't know. But it's a, you know, it's a, this, and I know people are going to be have some consternation about the wide receiver coach, but like this, this was happening on Ernie Higgins. Like this is just what a second year guy does. And I think we get a lot of like, oh, recruiting rankings, this and this. A lot of it's potential. Donovan's thing was Donovan was bigger, faster, stronger. He's a physical specimen. He's just that much bigger, faster, and stronger than everyone at Mount Airy. You get him to college, and now everyone's these genetic freaks. And you know, Donovan had Donovan and Wesley have the same issue of the spectacular catches they can make. The ones, the routine ones, are the one. The ones like, okay, cool. This is like, you know, you're walking through this fine. Those are the ones they struggle with. So that's something you have to break him out of, but. It's been about they've been about the same sort of person, you know, freshman between between their second years in college. So, you know, hopefully the light comes on one of these games this year or into next year. But that's just kind of where he's at right now. So I I think he will, but it, that's just a, that's just a little you know behind the scenes of what we've seen. We've seen something like this before. It's why guys don't play early. It's just it's just why because. It, it is more likely than not that they are just not going to be productive people until late into their second year, early third year. Just how, kind of how things work. But yeah, but I also mentioned that it was like a lot of everything else was going wrong in that game. Probably the worst pass blocking game I've seen out of them in a while, grade wise. This is the first time they've created much better in run blocking than they have in pass blocking. So that was interesting. I mean, your season, I don't want to say it's on the brink on Thursday, but, I mean, it's close to that. Get your last four games. Duke at Duke, NC State at Notre Dame at Q. So you're playing three out of the last four on the road. Yeah. Not always fun, but, I mean, look, you're, as I'm recording this, you're about 12 and a half point dogs to Duke. I thought and other people have thought that's a little high. I wouldn't be shocked if that came down to about 11 and a half before Thursday. 
depending on injury news. I think injury news is going to matter from both sides. It's going to matter a ton, but it's been kind of kind of a soft 12 and a half. Like it, it wants to go to 12 and go from there. But I think injury news on both sides of these teams is going to be pretty pertinent. In terms of that, if you didn't watch Duke, Louisville, Duke is banged up, man. Duke is down a couple guys, a couple stars in the offensive line. Leonard's, Leonard does not look great on that ankle. Another down, I think another couple of offensive weapons. Defense, they're kind of bleeding a bit. It it feels like a Wake Forest team, to be quite honest, in terms of this is the time of year where you know they the injuries are starting to catch up to them. Short week. By both these teams are loathing their honest short week. Please stop doing this. Please stop. Give people a buy before a Thursday game. Like it it's done. Like Friday game, maybe you can you can be fine with the buy. A Thursday game without a buy is just you're asking for you're asking for injuries, you're asking for bad football, you're asking for trouble. NC State next week, obviously, you know, people have started being like, oh no, like if I get worried about state, and you know, I feel yes, am I a more positive person? Some probably, which is really weird considering who I am as a person. But I mean, yeah, they beat Clemson. They oh buddy, that offense is bad. <laughs> In comparison, I always I always like doing these in comparison. NC State put up 24 points on, on, on Saturday against Clemson. They were in the sixth percentile of EPA per play and the zeroth, the zeroth percentile of success rate on offense. <laughs> Wake for as bad as that offense looked for a while. 28th in EPA per play, 14th in success. <laughs> NC State's got some stuff to figure out on offense. They they really do. A lot of that was short fields against against Clemson. So you know, don't give them short fields, obviously. But but yeah, so I mean, State's got some stuff to work on. Notre Dame, I mean, hey, your road game, another game, have fun. Could be 21 point favorites. I mean, dogs again in that one. Hughes looks like they've quit, and I know certain people don't like me using that word. Hughes looked like looks like they've quit. Like this is about the time of year where you start. You know, last week, Halloween is really around the week of where you start seeing if a team quits on a, on a coach, which is why I was like, okay, cool. Like they didn't look like we quit on Saturday, which is fine. Hughes looked like they've quit. Hughes looks like a team that has absolutely quit on the season. They they are just done. That's uh, so I mean, you could come out of here with six wins, seven wins. You could come out of here with five. You could come out of here for I no no situation here would surprise me. Seven wins wouldn't surprise eight. Eight would surprise me. Winning out would be no. We're not we're not entertaining that. <laughs> we are not entertaining that. But if you came out of here with seven, you'll think you really should be shocked. If you came out of here with six, probably feels about right, given who you have left and where you have them. Five to six is probably where that is right now. You know, four would be an absolute. I wouldn't be sh- stunned. I would be. I wouldn't be surprised, but I. I would be a little. I'll be a little taken aback. Like, oh, okay, that, yeah. So you got you got a season. You got a full season ahead of you in terms of four games. That's just your. That's your season right now. It's four games. Figure it out. Is the schedule. For 2024 to 2030, because we're going to sit here and think the ACC is going to be around in 2030. It might be. Who knows? Uh, let's release tonight. 
all four North Carolina schools will play each other the next two years. The Mac Brown Cup is alive and well. Is Mac Brown going to make it to next season? I, I, you know, we'll see. Wake, you know, so everyone on this, and if you didn't read anything or didn't see the production, I don't know why that thing has to be 30 minutes to an hour. Some people get three permanent rivals. Some people get two. Some people get one. Some people got none. Louisville got none. Wake Forest got two. They got Duke and the return of the NC State Wake matchup. I know a lot of people were very, very upset about this. Players, fans, coaches from one side, this side <laughs> were upset about losing that rivalry. It'll be back. They played, they, I think that's a very, very, very good thing for just, just for fans. Like, I, I don't really care about it being good for the ACC or it being good for this program or that program or whatever this that's good for the fans i the fans have gotten shafted in so much of this realignment stuff that's why but i do get to go to stanford next year (laughs) wake goes to stanford hosts cal i will probably be going to stanford so my best friends live in san francisco that'll be a fun trip Um, outside of the permanent ones just over the the course of this schedule georgia tech We'll play Wake five times. Wake also gets UVA and Miami four times. On the other end of the spectrum, they only get Hughes, Boston College, Louisville, and Pitt twice. Wake still has not played a road game at Pitt, by the way. <laughs> I don't think I think that's not until 2026 is when they get that. So the schedule's interesting. No, I don't want to do too much of a deep dive because this could all change in two years, and I just go, okay, it's all changed tomorrow. But I thought the ACC did a fine job in terms of you know, having to do what they have to do here. I do think this home schedule, though, in 2024 is going to be very, very good in terms of just being fun because, I mean, you get NCNT, Ole Miss, UConn, maybe, possibly. That one might fall off the schedule. Um, there's some stuff with UConn having to possibly drop games because of other stuff. Um, Cal, Clemson, Duke, UVA. So I think that's a very, very, very good and fun, uh, good and fun situation there. I really, I really enjoy that. I think that's going, I think that's, it encourages people to come. There are some good games there, some easy games there. I think that is going to be, that's going to be positive. So um, and just so if you're curious about the whole UConn thing, uh, UConn has scheduled games with like it, it's it's because of Army. Army has to has to drop some games because they because they came there. It, it's it's a whole weird situation. So I think they'll still play them next year. We will see. Um, but yeah. So last and certainly not least you have the basketball exhibition that was on Sunday. That was great. That was an absolutely very, very, very fun game. Obviously, people could not watch that, and I thought that was a little bit of a disservice to the fan base. I think people are starving for basketball content, given where you are in football, and also just given where this team is right now. I think that, granted, you were without Epton Reed and Booby Miller and Bravokanka and without Chow Tuka. But I thought people at least wanted to see, you know, 
Hunter Salas, Andrew Carr, Campbell Drift, Parker Fredrickson, you know, works. And, you know, obviously you come out of there with a win. You know, some exhibition wins are always weird. And yes, there were some people that should have fouled out in the game. The game was played like it was, from what I heard, the game was played like it was a normal game. And the kids didn't know that they weren't playing without fouling out until they were told, oh, no, go back in there. You had five fouls, but we don't care. Um, yeah, so Wicks were down. A bunch of players only had eight available players in this game. Hunter Salas and Cam Hildreth went the F off. I think the points are one thing. You know, from talking to someone there, it was very, very notable, apparently, of how good chemistry those two had. I think there was they're starting there was going to be some consternation between I quit to kind of the running back discourse. And there's going to be kind of some consternation of well, if Cam starts, does 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 you know Hunter start or if Hunter starts, does Cam start? And, you know, I'm I'm someone that you know, I kind of reason eyebrow both those two starting for the simple fact of until Tamari Monsanto comes back, you, know, you have not a whole ton of outside shooting. And so I'm here. I was curious to see how that would be, how that would play out, because you can't sit here and say we're not going to shoot. The only person that can shoot from the three is going to be Andrew Carr. But, I mean, you look at the numbers from the game. Cam Hildreth was two for four. Andrew Carr, one for three. Parker Friedrichson, two for seven. He got, he was, you could see apparently just nerves from the shot, from the jump. But came back in, was pesky defender, hit a couple of threes. That's what you want to see out of him. That's, he's going to be a streaky guy. He's either going to get 20 minutes or you're going to get six minutes. It's, it's going to be one of those things. Salas was three for eight from three. Aaron Clark took a three. So, I mean, 23 threes is about fine. You made about, you made a little over a third of them, 34% of that. I think that's a, I think you want a little more volume, but also I think if Parker makes a couple of them, then you feel, you feel fine. They got to the, Cam Hildreth got to the free throw line 19, 19 free throws. Oh my God. Um, yeah, that it, I think. A lot of this is was in, was was in, was valuable information. I thought first you, you got down huge, and apparently the coaching staff thought the run was coming. Not the Alabama; they thought that you know we we shore up one to two things. And like Forbes said in the press in the post game press conference, it's not always hieroglyphics. Certainly wasn't on on the first half. Actually, rebound the ball. And you know the coaches staff thought that this run thought the run was coming. Apparently, they they were like, "We'd like a lot, we'd like more people," but they thought that this run was was going to come, and boy, did it! You know, I I was really encouraged about that. I was encouraged that they played good defense, they, but they held their own against a a top team. I, I get there was a cut. There was I think it was Sears out for for Alabama and they didn't play David Cosby, but you know, Grant Nelson is an NBA like guy like that. that like that is an NBA level guy. Um, I, I thought that they did a very, very good job of just not being on the mat and, you know, just, they, they picked themselves back up and I was really, I was really, really encouraged by that, you know, 
I'm trying to think about who else I'm trying to think. Aaron Estrada is pretty, pretty good as well. But I thought Hunter held his own. I thought even Parker on defense from time to time held his own from what I heard. This is again, this is from what I've heard. Andrew Carr's second half was apparently just, <laughs> I don't know what clicked with him in the second half, but became a different human there. Mar- Marquise Marion. That's someone that you saw, you keep seeing the flashes. And that's what I saw in practice was first. I saw this team be streaky as hell in practice. I saw this team and this is what they had Bramo and when they not probably had Boopy and they had Efton. They were a bit streaky. The first like half practice, they shot like crap, just awful. Like me and my friends were sitting there. I was like this really, but second half of practice, they filled the stat sheet. They, they can be a little bit streaky at times. No, I think they I think Marquise Marion is someone that you keep seeing the flashes and keep seeing the flashes. If he puts on the good, he came in more physically developed than, than Bobby. And yeah, you know, it shows and he I think he's going to be a really, really, really good one. So you now now the your point, your test is get healthy. You know, if you've got get healthy and get so, a certain someone a a waiver. You know, you've got your open against Elon on, on November sixth. It's next Monday, and then that Friday you ho- you go to UGA. Yeah, you you've got to get healthy and hopefully have that waiver by then. You know, if you don't have the waiver, it's not the end of the world by then. I think it's a dumb process that by November tenth or nine November sixth you wouldn't have a decision. And even in, because I mean Forbes has been on the record about this. You know, I don't we don't have you don't have a preliminary decision like this isn't even at the appeal stage. We don't have the initial decision here. That's so dumb. That is increasingly dumb. I don't understand the NCAA at all. But, you know, you can obviously survive dealing with that. But I would love to see what Boopy would do. Because one of the things I was really interested to see was say, hey, you know, if they don't have that Finn Reed this year, how do they space the court with a guy like Boopy? And how do the, the minutes between him, Hunter, and Cam really sort of start to spread out? Like, not everything can be gleaned from an exhibition because it's a long-ass season. But just at least seeing, you know, what the initial thought processes are of what you want to do. So, I like the team, man. I, I think with health and with the waiver, this team is is dangerous. This this is a very, very, very dangerous team. I think with Efton, they can rebound with the best of them. I think they could I think if with Efton they can score like one through five pretty damn easily. Death is gonna be the question of, you know, how much depth do they have? And we saw it with eight, they had eight guys available. Zach Keller didn't really play. They Death is going to be a question for this team until you know Boopy gets back, until you see if Afton gets his waiver, when Damari gets back, does Jao Tuka get back as well? You know, not because the guys are bad, but a lot of them are young. Like Parker, like I said, he's gonna get six minutes or twenty minutes before Damari comes back. And part of it's just gonna be how well does he grow, both physically and also mentally. Aaron Clark, you could see you could see some flashes in them with him in practice and in the scrimmage. You know, I think he needs, he's definitely going to need a year, but you, know, you see, you see it there. You know, Marquise Marion, I think has a really good chance of breaking into the lineup later in the season, but again, he's a freshman. You don't know that yet. So I think death is going to be a question, but it's going to be a, you know, I think as the days come, they should get better and better and better. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening, depending on where you are. And as always, Good eeks.
Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. <laughs> 